Hey everybody, welcome down to a, uh, another episode of Dive Bar Mitzvah. Hey, it's me, your friend Ian. Um, I don't know what it's like where you are, but I can tell you right now, it is cold and horrible in Minneapolis right now. It is 21 degrees outside. It is fucking bullshit. This is as cold as it's been in a long time. And that's the funny thing about being in Minneapolis. I mean, if you come at us about dealing with the cold, we'll be the biggest, you know, bastards talking about how we can handle anything. But if it's unseasonably warm for a couple months and it hits like 30, everybody just starts whining like little wusses. And that's exactly what I'm doing. But uh, I'm happy that it's cold outside for if no other reason. It has allowed me to find a place to hide in a bar that I've hidden in a lot of times here. We're at the 19 bar here in the Loring Park area of Minneapolis. I used to live a block away from here. Uh, and I had my last legal cigarette here before the smoking ban went through. And I watched the uh, Bush Kerry election results in here. <laughs> I was having a party. We were all going to watch Kerry get elected, and uh, it didn't quite work out that way. So everybody came over here dejected, and I'm like, well, hopefully nobody will be too bummed out at the 19, because no one's ever bummed out at the 19. <laughs> and not only was no one bummed out, no one knew what was going on. Like, it could not have been less of a concern. There was a tiny television back then, one over by the jukebox. It was probably about seven inches. And it had the Fox News channel on. That's like it could not, and it was blurry. Nobody was paying any attention. It could not have been less of a concern. But the 19 has often been a, a great place to kind of get away from the hustle and bustle of the real world. Uh, and in Loring Park. I love Loring Park. Uh, I, this is, I have a lot of history here. When I moved here in 1994, I lived in a crappy apartment, 316 Oak Grove. Uh, and I don't end up over here at all anymore. So I'm thrilled that tonight's guest said, why don't we do this at the 19? And without any further ado, tonight's <laughs> guest, artist extraordinaire, my pal, Jaime Carrera, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, how you doing? I'm great. How has your day been so far? How are you dealing with it? You're, you're, you're biking? I was, okay, so I had an intense last few hours, I would say, because I, uh, I had to work today, and I biked to work, which isn't a big deal. I'm not, like, to me, it's not about the cold. It's about the snow on the ground when I'm biking. Yeah. Like, if it's cold, I can deal with it. I can bundle up and, and not worry about a thing. But when, when it's snowy... I'm like, no, because yeah. you can fall over. That's you can slippery. Slide. Yeah. It's just really hard to bike in actual thick snow. I'm surprised when I know anybody who bikes in inclement weather because I'm a pussy and this is horrible. I used to be yeah. the same way. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I mean, and it's one of those, uh, you know, you're in Minnesota if. You see, I mean, it's one of those pat hack things that people say about me. Here, and let me get you some more beer. <laughs> it was uh, $7 for the pitcher because it was happy hour. I know. Um, 19 rolls. So, and we're here at the 19, and uh, it's it's an interesting place for, if no other reason, it's a gay bar with a neon sign that says gay bar. I mean, like, just in case... Well, you, you know, know why that is, right? I, I don't know why that is. Um, well... I always assumed it was like, you know, like, it, like some really hack L.A. writer had to dream up what a, what a guy who's never been in a gay bar in his life would like. <laughs> I wonder what it would be like. I bet it would have a big... Pink with, triangle. Pink triangle with, uh, with gay bar written inside of it, and there it is. No, yep. but so why, why is it actually here, I mean? Well, because... Okay. A lot of straight people like to go to gay bars. That's, yep. you know, something that's always been a thing. Mm -hmm. But times obviously have changed. Now, it's it's actually, especially this bar, it's weird how many straight young people like to come here now. Yeah. Um, but I get it, you mm -hmm. know. But in fairness, it in the, is a great bar. Yeah. And back in the day when, like, you know, people would, I mean, 
you can still get beat, get beaten up for being gay out on the street. But I'm just I saying, actually like, literally got in a fist fight outside this ugh. place once. I've had like straight people gay bashed. You know, it's weird. It's yeah, weird. That, that, yeah. I mean, basically, so like you know, and I thought if there was ever a non-foul on beating the shit out of somebody, it's when somebody calls you faggot outside of a gay bar. I'm just like, all right, game on. Yeah, it's, it's like great. I've had straight male friends of mine get gay bashed after leaving a gay bar, which yeah. is ridiculous. Right outside this very bar, I ugh. beat the tar out of some guy. <laughs> Good for you. Then the tar is still out on the sidewalk. <laughs> be able to look at it. I'll show but you. But anyway, later. back in the day when like you know, you would like be a little bit more inclined to like be closeted or mm-hmm. not be all like out and yep. about because I don't know people were dicks. Um, um, they had to put a sign like that up because sometimes straight people would come in here, and once they realize that it was a gay bar, they would They'd get very violent. Like assholes. Yeah, Jeez. they would yeah. get very violent, and like so. Basically, it's a way of saying like, "Get the hell out of here." Yeah, of you course. Know? Which yeah. I, I'm all for. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not against like straight people coming to gay bars, well, but I always wonder like, you have all the bars okay, in the world. Okay, this is good to go to. I'm going to let you. <laughs> take the gay side i'll take the okay. straight Ooh. outsider side it's like judge judy exactly okay <laughs> so you give me your defense or you give me your argument and i'll okay. give you my defense cool all right um all right so i'm limbering up for this i don't know why i'm gonna be i'm gonna get real with you good please please <laughs> um when you grow up gay you have to live constantly in a world that's heterosexual. Yeah. So when you grow up, everything that's normal, everything that's right is the heterosexual side. Mm-hmm. You're never really told that there's... I mean, that's kind of starting now, but mm-hmm. like when I grew up, that was like, forget about yeah. it. Like, so I grew up with like everything being for straight people, filled with straight people, mm-hmm. For all I knew, I was the only gay person. And a lot of gay people go through yeah, that. Yeah. So once I was like out and went to gay bars, and let me tell you, when I was single, I used to fucking go to, I lived at fucking gay bars. I was a bar fucking fly. So I would always marvel at like all these straight people that would come in because I would say, you can go anywhere yeah. and act like you. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to give you shit. Yeah. Unless they're just starting shit with somebody. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, this is like the only place I can come to where I can be myself. Yeah. And it's like, but that's I, a, guess, I guess I'm like, I'm kind of sick of seeing you all day. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, isn't that limiting? I mean, isn't that putting you as a as a niche, though? I mean, aren't you trying? Aren't you going out? Now, now that's just my, my rebuttal on that point real quick. But okay, here's... Well, to answer that one yeah. rebuttal point... Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm the kind of gay person that I do want to be a niche. Okay. Like, I kind of revel in that. Uh-huh. Now, now my defense, as, as straight guy in gay bar, I don't identify... I don't identify straight, I guess. Like, I don't I don't like sports. Like, I had to grow up around that That's whole macho out. bullshit. No, no, I'm... St- oh, 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 No, 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 no. <laughs> no, like, I mean, but I'm just saying that, I mean, the majority of straight bars... Are, do not I, I don't find appealing or I have any desire to go to. Now I if I thought why for, not like well, explain well, that on, to me. Hold on, I let you go for a couple <laughs> minutes. Now let now let me do it. No, but I just I I find it I I enjoy like I mean I'll I'll, I'll speak uh, specifically about the nineteen. I like the camaraderie here, and if I thought that I made people uncomfortable by my presence, I would leave. I always kind of looked at the gay community as more inclusive and not as exclusive as you're explaining it. I have to make a huge distinction between what you're, like, approaching mm-hmm. versus what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, 
I don't think you make me uncomfortable in a straight bar. Like, now people are like that, which is kind of a little bit overboard, I think. What now? Like, I'm sorry, explain that. There's a very fine line between, like, it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Like, gay people of my generation versus gay people, like, men- 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 millennial gay people. Yeah, okay. Um, they're a little bit more tight, a little bit more conservative, a little bit more PC, mm-hmm. you know. They don't want you invading their space, yeah. basically. Which I understand. I'm not against it. But, but it's still but a public me, space, though, even though it does oh, identify I know, I know. as gay. I mean, that's why we have houses. But I mean, but if I you guess, want to come I guess, together... I, I mean, guess you know, what you're talking about, like what you just said about... It was such a... Oh, like I, I could have pulled it from a pamphlet from some like rec center... You know what I mean? Like, it's it's you're invading the space. You're making people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Now. I I am? Yeah, that's what you just said. Okay, no, no, but I was just saying, I, if, I, if I felt I like I was making feel, people uncomfortable, I see, wouldn't do this. I don't feel like that. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, but you think not, that the older generation does? No, the newer generation Oh, does. the newer generation. Really? The newer generation yeah. is more... They're more about, like, you know, you should, like... Not invade their space. Yeah, but I don't give a fuck about it. As a 22 year old, I don't really care if I'm yeah, making them I, feel that bad. Neither do I. <laughs> I mean, in but fairness, I'm just I don't care about offending 22 year olds. I guess I don't. I guess I don't want to be lopped in no, with no, that no, group. No, but I mean, and it was always an uneasy thing for me. Like, I mean, I always enjoyed coming here. I lived a block away. It was the closest good bar we had here. It was either this or fucking Market. And I can't stand Market Barbecue <laughs> to drink at. It's a shitty place to drink at. And you know what? I got to know the bartenders. Everybody who was real yeah. nice. I never got. A, I, I never got a hard time. And nor did I ever give anybody. A hard time like you know i mean i was well, i was just basically another paying customer who was not subtracting from the room in my opinion i think it also depends on the bar too um as far as like when there's a lot of straight people in it like mm-hmm. like oh, for instance when i first moved here um the the guy that i was dating at that point and i didn't know anybody here didn't know minneapolis it was all new to us the only place we knew about was the Gay 90s because it had gay, had in, the gay in the title. title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're like, well, let's go there. And so we went there and we were like, we hated it. We mm-hmm. were like, we're like, this is a straight bar. Like, yeah. like, why is it like sold as a gay you know, place? And we can see that there was a lot of gay people there, yeah, drag yeah. queens and everything. But I can I consider the Gay 90s a straight bar. Yeah. So like in that sense, you know, we're like. So and this, that, by that, the fact that it's not as popular, yeah, should yeah. not have as should not have straight people <laughs> in it. You know, if, if they had it's, a better business model, maybe. No, but I think that happened because this place is such a good bar. Yeah, like straight, you know, millennials were like, "Hey, this place is cheap, and like nobody's a dick, and like my girlfriend or my boyfriend isn't going to get harassed." Well, mm-hmm. you might, but well, yeah, it's but not it's a same. friendly harassment. Yeah, exactly. When I first moved here, like like I said, we used to go to that bar, and then like we ended up like breaking up, and I started going to the saloon, mm-hmm. like so. The next was, most obvious gay bar, in exactly town, yes. right, and that's when, um, yeah, I was in like my early twenties, mm-hmm. and like. Uh, I used to go there every, I'm not kidding you, every Friday and Saturday. And I was like, I was a fucking slut. But I also was a fucking drunk. And so like. Hey, you know what? Honestly, the good ones can exactly, do both. Right? You know, the good ones and can I multitask. Like, this is like what gay men like to call their slut phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like on top of that shit. So I used to go there and then I got sick of that place because I just got sick of like just the the whole <laughs> pageantry of it. Yeah, it was yeah. just too much. Yeah, yeah. Going by the big book of gay stereotypes, <laughs> what are you then? 
I don't know. You know, it's kind of weird because I, I've never really. Because I think I used to be a twink, but now I'm I too old. I used to be a twink, yeah, I think. Yeah, now I'm too old. But I don't, yeah. Like, I don't think you can call us twinks anymore. Yeah. I mean, we're and, like we're very different, and we're very different body types, though. So, I mean, I don't know I what got, I would I got kind of fat. See, the thing is, when I was younger. <laughs> As did I, you know. Yeah. But I was, like, way skinny. When I was younger, I was, like, I was total twink. But I did get fat, and now I'm, like, I don't know, like, a troll? I don't know. <laughs> a twinky. But anywho, I used to go to the Eagle on Sundays because they used, I don't know if they still do, or they probably still do, have this beer bus from like four to eight and you pay like eight bucks and like you can drink as much beer. Yeah. I and mean, I, they like would marvel at how yeah. much beer I could fucking drink in four hours. And this is but, you as, as, as in, in your twinkiest as you, as you, oh my God, you're as I skinny, bears throwing it down, right. throwing down a bunch of beer. And I was like, you know what they would call a chaser back okay. in the day. Well, you were young. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I guess I'm still a chaser. You're okay. always a chaser. Yeah, you never. Anyway. <laughs> just might be a little bit slower at it. Exactly, but yeah. right? I'll get you soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for you to get injured. <laughs> You'll fall down. I'll come after but you. But anywho, and then I got sick of that place, and then I started coming here, and this was kind of like the last bar I kind of went to. Because mm-hmm. then I found a man and, like, found God and, like, decided to... Get married and get right with the Lord. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> but so I mean, how long has it been since you've been here? It's been a couple years for me because I moved up to Northeast. So I mean, how when when how long has since it been? Since I've been here. Yeah, when was the last time you were here? I want to say a couple of months ago. Okay. But prior to that, it had been like years. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. I mean, is this kind of a transitory bar? I mean, is this a place that you go when you are like, you know, a pissed off millennial type person who has strong opinions? And I don't then, know. And then you move on. But I mean, I don't know. I guess uh, to for me, it was the place where I kind of like, kind of weaned myself from the gay bar scene. Yeah. Like this was my last bar. You drank your way clean. Yep. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> um, and and and. Well, and I mean, and, and and it's for me, it's more about like some people will always love going to bars. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that crowd is it's obvious because I've seen people. Yeah, you see the gay crowd, bars. See the gay bars get are older. the best place to know who the hardcore people are because yeah. they will be there all the time. I yeah. probably was people they were looking fun at of, you. Yeah, 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 must make fun of by a few, but um. Anywho, and that's the joy of being at a gay bar. You yeah. can be a total bitch and just have your own little world in yeah, your yeah. head. But um, the the thing about this place is that, like, I feel like what drew me here was that there's no dance floor. Yeah. So there won't be any loud, obnoxious music. Well, that's not entirely well, true at all. They have a jukebox. They do. But... I, w- I haven't been here in a really long time, but back in the day when I used to come here all the I time. I remember Fridays and Saturdays. They had a really bumping. good yeah. jukebox selection. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I have it's still to, the I, same jukebox, honestly. I, I have a very close too, connection yeah. to this place because, like, my best friend Ivan works here. And even though I haven't really hung out with him for a really long time. I know time, Ivan. He, like, I know he Ivan and I, from here, like, oddly enough. Yeah, yeah, like, would hang out. Like, I would, like, we'd come here and, like, scope it out. But... Um, there was a time like you know when I knew everybody that worked here. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I mean, in the in, in just to go over for people who haven't been here. I mean, it's a nice room. There's it, pool it's tables, dark. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it prides itself as a pool hall. Like, it's a pool bar, 
Um, there are a lot of pool tables, very well maintained pool. But I mean, everything's kind of dark wood. I mean, it's shabby but classic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it's got a lot of good enclaves. It's got a lot of good corners to hide out in now more than it used to. It extended. It, we're in a whole new room that they just added on a couple years ago. But oh, I mean, it's it, been longer than that. It's been like ten years. All right, I'm, kind of, <laughs> I'm old. Um, I've had my birthday in this room a couple of times. Jeez, yeah. I mean, and and their patio's huge. They have a good patio. I mean, and I roofed. I've had I've had a, a lot of good good years here, uh, years ago. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, am I was I wrong as being a 23, 24, 25 year old straight guy just kind of minding his own p's and q's and drinking a beer and enjoying the no, ambience? you weren't. You were right on track to becoming, yeah. you know, uh, open minded. Because I always person. thought about it, and I always knew that I like I I didn't want to. Uh, I guess what I'm talking about is like if when I, I didn't want to dilute the community by showing up and drinking beer on a Wednesday. You no, know, I didn't think that was. See, that's the thing. It's like everybody thinks there's just like one or two sides to everything, and uh, there's more. There's yeah, more gray yeah, yeah. area. Like but I'm not talking about that. Like yeah, you yeah. would have been. I would if I would have met you here back in the day. Well, we were both pretty young. And it would have been like you know. It would have been an interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. situation. But I'm talking about like when I was at the saloon and like 50. Drunk girls came in. Yeah, or like, yeah, nobody. But I see, was but like, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see that. But I think that there's more in common than that what separates us. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't want to fucking see that either. Yeah, I don't yeah. care where so I am. So it's I kind mean, of annoying sometimes. And that's what I mean by like, oh, why don't you go to fucking your bars? Yeah, well, but, or why don't you go fuck up your bars? Why don't you go exactly. be an annoying asshole at your own place? I always tried to be very mindful, just kind of kept myself, didn't, I mean, of course, wasn't like sitting here like, you know, being a dick. I was just <laughs> hanging out, enjoying the music. Trying you know? not to sleep with any lesbians and converting them, like yeah, making yeah, yeah. sure you don't. I gave up that ghost when I was real young, because <laughs> when you convert one, then you got to get rid of them. That's the real problem. <laughs> That's um, terrible. Yeah, I know. Uh, so it, it is that time of year. Uh, Christmas just happened. Uh, of course, now we have New Year's right around the corner. I will plug for myself saying that I will be hosting at First <laughs> Avenue on New Year's. Uh, what are some of your favorite New Year's memories, Jaime? Um, just being with my partner, uh, Nick. What I, a sweetheart! Look at you. You were you didn't even you didn't even do that on purpose. You no, genuinely I, I love, love him that much. I love spending time with him, and like New Year's is like. I love spending time with Nick too. He's a very nice. He's man. He's great. I don't really. Um, I only celebrate two things: Halloween and New Year's. Uh-huh. I kind of hate everything else. Yeah. Um, and Christmas is like the worst. I hate Christmas. Mm-hmm. I worked in retail for ten years, and that made me like hate Christmas like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, and I already hated it. Uh, so, <laughs> as someone who already hated Christmas, yeah, I somehow like, managed to I hate just, it more. Retail but, made you hate something. Go yeah, figure. Totally. Yeah. Um, it made me hate people. I'll tell you that. But anywho, um, pum pum. Yeah. But New Year's, I think New Year's is great because I love starting things from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I love new fresh clean slates yeah. and i'm one of these people that i don't really make resolutions because i think that that's dumb and i don't know people just tend to lie to themselves basically but what i like to do is i like to set myself like small goals uh every year and i think people who i don't know who are artists or any kind of creative field uh, overwhelm themselves with the big picture all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. And I don't do that. I like to, like one year, I'll give you an example. One year I was like, I'm going to put out a CD this year. And I did. And it, it was at the record store and it was like, that was it. That was the goal and I did it. And then the goals got more complicated. Um, but it's basically my way of 
kind of becoming a better person, I guess, and challenging myself. Um, so for me, uh, that's what the new year is about. Mm-hmm. It's about like, what do you want to do this year? And then... And what do you have, so what are you planning on 2016 then? What's 2016 look like for you? Um, you know, this is the first time ever where I purposefully decided to not really plan anything out. Like, mm-hmm. I maybe have one idea. Um, this year has been kind of like... I joked, this is really funny, because I joked with Nick at the end of last year that 2015 was going to be the year of the fuck you. Okay. And it did. It did turn out to be the year of the fuck you. I had a lot of situations. This was your first year of the fuck you, really? No, no, at this the first advanced like, age. official okay. year of I've the had, fuck you. I've had a couple already, yeah. Because, um, like, I've been kind of... Removing the dead weight from my life since mm-hmm. like 2012. Like I've really like that was a goal that year. Yeah. Like, dead you know, weight. Hit get, the bricks. Get closer to the people that you really care about and drop the people that don't give a shit about you. Yeah. So I did that. Good rule. And that's, yeah. And that's a thing that's actually kind of keeps going every year because mm-hmm. you have to kind of. I feel that in order to be happy. And by the way, I consider myself a very very happy person. I consider you a happy person. Um, as well. But that is because I don't do what I don't want to do, and I do what I do want to do. Exactly. It's as simple as that. And that's why we get along. Yep. Now, uh, in Christmas time, uh, there are some special people who often get left behind. Did you have any good Christmas times with your adorable cats? What Did, oh you, have anything, did you have anything happen? Well, I don't really celebrate Christmas. Um, but, I mean, the cats really appreciate Christmas. But I do love to do whatever I can for my cats because I love them. Let's talk about them real quick. Henry and Bo. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, and it's Henry, but it looks like it should be pronounced Henri. Yeah, be- and that's because he's named after Henri Matisse, yeah. the painter. One of the and- two people you could name after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we call him Henry because he is a Henry, and yeah. he like looks like a Henry. But Henry is... Seven and a half. Okay. And um, Bo is, he just turned four, like in October. Mm-hmm. So um, I am a big animal lover. And when Nick and I first moved. Well, you talked about the bears earlier. So yeah, obviously, totally. Yeah. When Nick and I moved in together, we immediately were like, we're going to get a kitten. Mm-hmm. And so we got Henry. Which could be the kiss of death to a relationship. Yeah, so right. It's just like we're totally going to get a living thing. But we knew, we knew that yeah. we were going to, because like when I lived um, at the house I lived at prior to moving in together, um, we had just gotten a kitten and we had like gotten so enamored with having him around us that we're like, oh, let's just get a kitten. You yeah. know? And he loves cats too. So. Because so he's then, not a bastard. <laughs> so then we like got Henry and Henry's been great and Henry's just like amazing. And then um, Bo was a rescue as well. Uh, my friend like rescued this cat that like she actually kept and that's Bo's mom and we call her little mama <laughs> and so like she had four kittens and I got one and that was Bo mm-hmm. and so we've had those two cats for you know for a while and they were in a movie and they have a blog yeah I know so explain to they're me. kind and of like the, famous you're my second recent guest who has <laughs> who has cats who have cats that could be uh, described as having a, having a following. Yeah, yeah, they have a following. How is, how, so how does this how does this happen? You know, I don't know. We live in very bizarre times, and I think that you know, with Facebook and bored people, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just would like post pictures of them all the time because 
They're a, adorable. A, I'm a photographer. You're a good photographer and B, apparently a very good animal photographer because or, or your cats are just genuinely attractive. Well, I animals. get a lot of, uh, I do a lot of house and pet sitting and I oftentimes will take cute photos of people's animals and like I've been told that I have a knack for photographing animals. Um, which I will totally take because yeah. I love them so much that I'm sure it comes through. But um, I photograph uh, these two guys because I'm a photographer and because they're like the cutest cats ever. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you can't just you can't resist not like taking a picture of them. And so and they're like you know goofy cats. They're social cats, and so I like to put costumes on them and take pictures of that. And so like. After a while of doing that, like people really kind of took a shine to them, and then I don't know, I don't know where I got contacted by Vice, and then they wanted to do this movie about um, yeah, that's little Bub, and then about they wanted to come here to check out the Cat uh, Video Festival, whatever it's called, the first one. By the way, I have to say this: they should have only done one of those. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so then I was like, and so Vice contacts you, and so then they were like. We heard, you know, I don't know how these people hear about people like me, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But they came over and they couldn't have been nicer. Like, which is odd for Vice. I kind well, of assumed Vice would be. I kind, kind of, of assumed that, like, you guys are from New York. You <laughs> might be a little prickly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of a bitch too. But no, it wasn't like that at all. It was like they were there to love on my cats, and it was the best. All right. Because I'd figure they'd be passive aggressive dickbags about the no, whole thing. They were not. Really? Okay. Because I'm like, you know, you know me. I'm I'm on to no. everybody. Like, <laughs> nobody can trick me. And so No, they were really cool and I it was a very pleasant experience. In fact, they came down to actually film a few people who didn't make the cut. Yeah. And one of them you probably know, but I won't say because it will sound like I don't like this person, but um I um Who was it? No. <laughs> and and so like I, uh, th when, when they came to the, cause they filmed me at home, they came over to my house and then they like filmed me at the, at the festival because they wanted to film me meeting Bob, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Check out the competition. <laughs> so then they like, um, they told me when they were like literally driving off to go to the airport to take off that we were their favorites when they came Aww. here. Yeah. They were like, you guys were great. Like. So, and how did the film turn out? I liked it. And what's it called? It's called Little Bub and Friends with a Z. <laughs> Jesus. But, it, you know, and... and, and but, and you, think, and you think it came off well? You, you're happy yeah, with how it turned out? I, the, yes. The only thing that I kind of thought was kind of weird was, like, Mike, the owner of Bub, who I thought was a really nice guy, uh, says something about how he gets constantly contacted by people who want to make their cats famous and then they cut to me yeah, yeah and i'm yeah. like so uh, they're trying to cool. imply that, that I'm, you were but then you're an also rans in the world of famous but then cats. you hear me talk about it and then you realize that that's not the case at okay, all okay good so at least they gave you yeah. the out yeah and i was like whatever i didn't really care i told nick before they even like came to town that like i was like if they make me look Crazy, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> I was ready to be like weirdo crazy for my cat. Yeah, and who isn't? That's kind of what owning a cat ends up being. I, I, do, I do love them, and I love Henry and Bo, and I, I, I if you want to check out their photos, uh, their blog is henryandbo.tumblr.com. I think that's All right, the, there you go. Right. And I'll, I'll put a link up on, on, on the Twitters, because yeah, people yeah. check Twitters. Um, so you uh, have a history of playing in non-traditional venues uh, or performing in non-traditional venues. How'd that get started? Um, 
I would have to say, like, officially is when I did Outlet. And Outlet, yeah. Outlet was this performance festival that I created a few years ago. I've had the idea. I'd had the idea for a really long time. And then, um, so I hooked up with uh, artists and storefronts, and they were the ones that, like, facilitated me to find this amazing space. I found this basement underneath this Mexican, like a bodega, gro- right? a, a yeah, Mexican yeah, yeah. grocery store and the guy was super nice and he loved me. So well, what was, was the great. space like down there? Was it just another basement or was it actually kind of it was good a, for Did it? you ever go to any of those shows? I did. Um, it was just full of crap in there. Yeah. Like, full of crap. Yeah. And I didn't care. And, but did the owner not care either, though? That's what no, I always wondered. Because, I mean, if you're going to have a bunch of people, that, that'd be the one reason you yeah. don't have people down in your basement <laughs> is there's shit everywhere. And either well, it's, I, it's I good shit and the people are going to steal it or bad no, shit no, and they're no. going to be embarrassed. It was just like, you know, old freezers and shit like that and pieces of fucking drywall. and like, Artistic gold. And so I was like, I, I, all I, when I first saw the space, all I could see was the possibility. Yeah. So I was like, I will come down here for a week and clean this place if you will let me yeah. use it. So and that's what I did. I had some friends who helped me and I like cleaned it up and like dressed it up a little bit and basically like did two runs which was like eight shows, like eight different Saturday nights and it was like two artists per night and it was like some pretty amazing cutting yeah. edge shit. Yeah. And people like Loved it. I knew they would. Like, I'm like, people are starving for this. And but Minneapolis I, is also hard to get out of their comfort zone, and I can't think of anything further than a comfort zone than the basement of a bodega. In the winter. Yeah. The first one was during the winter. Yeah. And then in the summer, it was really hot down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he let you back in. Yeah, he let me oh, do two nice. runs. That's nice. And, and, I, and, I and, describe, and describe uh, the typical show, if there was one. Well, it was like, for instance... Like, I had two different artists, so, like, I would say I would pair up, like, two bands, and, like, it would be, like, either noise bands or punk bands, and then I would have, like, dancers, like, choreographers and dancers for some of the shows, and, like, and those were, like, like really well attended. Like, I will say this about the dance community in Minneapolis is that they will fucking come out for a show, yeah. and it doesn't matter if you have the show on a fucking piece of wood out on a tree they will fucking come and see it <laughs> That's and, good to know. and so like i learned that lesson through that i learned so much through outlet by the way because yeah. i had never really i had curated a couple of evenings at like patrick's and mm-hmm. the blb yeah but i'd never really like done a whole festival and I, I like i said i've had i'd had this idea for a while and was like well you know i'm not gonna do this until everything lines up right and it did and i was like i seized the opportunity yeah and, and I'm glad I did because now I look at, at it, you know, as such a great achievement because people will still write about it. Or t- and w- what was amazing was like anytime anybody writes about anybody that was at Outlet, like there's always a mention of Outlet in the really? fucking piece. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, all right. Give me a number between one and ten. Uh, seven. Everyone Does goes for seven. seven. Everyone goes right, for well, seven. Is that like, should I do something else then? Do another one. All right. Uh, as Tina Turner comes on. Four. Everyone goes for four. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) This is the James Lipton question. We do this every episode of Dive Bar Mitzvah. I have a list of ten classic James Lipton questions (laughs) as read on Inside the Actors Studio. You gave me seven, and then you gave me four. Yes, and I'm going to give you. (laughs) uh, So, and I have them all listed out here by number. You gave me number seven, but then you gave me number four. So we're going with number four. What turns you off? 
Creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? This could have been asked to Tom Cruise. I don't know. <laughs> so I should name an answer for each one of those things? Well, you could give me three, or you could give me the one. Uh, what turns you off, creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? So I guess you could only give me, you could give me one for all of them, or, yeah, it's up to you, man. James um, Lipton doesn't care. Okay, I want to do it separately. Okay. First one is creatively. Okay, so what turns me off creatively is people who have no fucking ideas. <laughs> um... A stop, lack of creativity on themselves. Stop remaking things. Mm -hmm. Stop adapting things. Stop basing your work on somebody else's. Like, move on. Like, yeah. make something new. Make your own imagery. Make your own everything. I think that that's the biggest turnoff for me. Okay. Next was spiritually. Just religion. I hate religion. I think it's like... What, what turns you off spiritually <laughs> is spirituality. Yeah. Okay, that's kind I'm of a, a meta answer. I'm All a right. very militant atheist and I don't really think that um, religion has served us any good. Yeah. Anyway, that's my answer. Uh, and emotionally was the last one. What turns you off emotionally? Passive aggressiveness. I okay. hate, and I know that it's ironic that I am currently in the world capital of passive aggressiveness, <laughs> which is Minnesota. Yeah, that's why I moved here. Um, I just think that like people uh, will say they want honesty, but then when you give it to them, they yeah. freak the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like the story of my life. Like, I'm a very honest person. I don't like to mince words. I don't like to beat around the bush. Um, and I don't think there's, I mean, life is short. There's no time to deal with things and people that you just don't fucking like. Mm -hmm. And there shouldn't be any kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, it, you should just be able to freely live your life that way yeah. and, and not fucking have to worry about everybody's fucking feelings. Yeah. But I just feel like passive aggressiveness is, is a way to, I think, um, almost kind of control people. Yeah. And it's... it's in, in what way do you think? Oh, because you want to make sure that they... Know that you can hurt their feelings. Okay. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like yeah. It's like a weapon. It's, yeah, emotional manipulation. Yep. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I am <laughs> really good at being emotionally manipulative. But I just think that day-to-day -day life should be less... It should be more honest. Honesty should always be the go-to for everything. Okay. Be honest with your... Expression with your ideas. And I'm going to segue this then um, <laughs> because you've uh, uh, spent um, at least more than a negligible chunk of your life naked in front of human beings as I part guess. of art. No, but how hard then is it to have a... T I mean, so what did it take for you to get rid of any sort of hang-ups you have to, you know, end up being Wow, nobody's ever asked me that. You are a really good interviewer, I Look at me. Anyway, um, so... I know specifically. I'm going to be listening back to this. Still not <laughs> sure if you were being sarcastic or not. No, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being real. What did I just say about honesty? I, that's true. That's true. <laughs> You're not listening. Anyway, <laughs> see, nobody wants it. Nobody wants it. Anyway, um, I, I actually remember this specifically because um, there was a show I did where I was basically nude and I was wearing high heels and a very, very, very long black wig. And it kind of covered me, but it, I moved around so it, yeah, you yeah. could see that I was naked. Um, and the piece was basically about, like, I don't know. Like, I, I consider myself, like, 
gender non-conforming, which means that I don't care if people call me a man or a woman. Like, okay. I re really don't have a preference. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with both or either or whatever. Um, so the piece was about that, about how I feel about myself. So it had a, it was a tableau of like feminine and masculine and blah, blah, blah. And like, and so I remember working on the piece in my apartment and thinking like I had the heels, the heels was kind of like the beginning of it. And I was kind of starting to move around and, and I had this like skinny, like shitty apartment mirror that I was okay. looking at yeah, myself yeah, yeah. in and, uh, and then I remember like taking off my clothes because I was hot and then just keep going because I was working mostly on the movement, mm -hmm. not the look per se. Okay. And then I just realized like this is how it works. And I remember having to think like once you do this, like there's no turning no, back. No, there's not. Yeah. Like you're going to be this kind of person yeah. now. <laughs> really? And wow. I, yeah. Okay. That's a pretty yeah. intense thing I to thought, realize mm -hmm. there in the moment. And let me tell you, it was amazing and I remember it and it was great. And I was like, fuck it, you know? Like, I always feel like I do that, though. Like, I always think, like, here's this line that I'll be okay with yeah. if I stay right here. But you know where it but is. But I'm like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I don't really care. Yeah. And, and then that's what I mean about, like, being controversial. It's not so much about, like, I'm going to shock you and I'm going to make you feel icky, you know? It's, it's more about, like, I'm... It's not even about you. It's mm -hmm. about yeah. me. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I'm trying to transcend, transcend a lot of like things that I'm thinking about. But anywho, I sound like such an asshole when well, I talk no, about but art. I, mean, but I think that's a very good. <laughs> no, but I think that's a very good point because the performance doesn't should not necessarily enter into the audience. Like, I mean, this is you're watching this. This is not you. Like you were you there when I did that it. thing at the Soap Factory, yeah, and that yeah. was like. Like a really good example of a lot of things that I do that to me are very cut and dry, but to a lot of people are like, like they just don't know how to deal with it. And do you want to do you want to describe yeah. the performance at So Factory? So like the So Factory, who I love by the way. Yeah, I'm actually heartbroken that they're having their troubles that they're having. I hope they get through them too. Um, and uh, it's never too late to uh, figure out a way to donate or help with the So yeah, Factory. I mean, it's seriously one of the best things we have here. This in This town is so weird about like helping the people that actually are doing yeah. things to like make art happen in this town. Some yeah, some crappy um, theater that just yeah. brings suburbanites in downtown. Yeah. yeah, the city will give that tons exactly. of cash. Anybody exactly. who actually is doing anything interesting, <laughs> fuck it, it's just going to die. But anyway, the Soap Factory who I love and have had a relationship with for a long time um, had asked me to perform at their like 25th anniversary, mm -hmm. which was and I was lucky enough to host. Yeah, and Ian hosted it, which, you know, it's always nice to see friends at things like that. Um, and this party in particular was very special because it was, like, basically for rich people. Yeah, like, you had to pay, like, what, at least $100 to get I, in? I purposely didn't know because I knew it would freak me out. Yeah, it was a lot of money. And so, but it's, it's a fundraiser. And, yeah. like, you know, this is, this is a, a, an event that they're putting out so that people can give them money basically to keep the place going and so i was like well like is I, I i remember asking like well where's the line because i always ask because everybody's idea of that is so fucking different yeah and i just want to make sure that like i'm within scope at least mm -hmm. and so they were basically like 
whatever fits into your vision. And I'm like, wow, right? yeah, that's how you answer an artist, by the way. Exactly. And I mean, so, but it doesn't happen very often, even know, even in that, even in galleries, even in artistic exactly. settings. And that's why that's why the Sub Factory is one of the few few places that I consider golden, mm-hmm. you know, as far as mainstream, you know, places that support artists. But anywho, um, so I had a couple of ideas and I, I decided to do this. Um, and the other idea, my original idea involved a lot of people, mm-hmm. but it ended up being one of those things where I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to be able to like rehearse these people in time and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tricky. So I decided to go with this other idea where it was just a solo that I performed and basically... I was nude, and I had, like, a stack of uh, toilet paper rolls in Gallery 1 that I started unfurling one by one throughout the space in, like, kind of geometric patterns. And I remember when I told them about my idea, it was really cool because they were like, well, how long would you like the art to last in the space? <laughs> because, I mean, basically, you're kind of making large grids across the gallery, uh, and it was, it, it, and nobody knew it was starting. It just started. And that was and there, the whole and there thing. You were. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so yeah, then then I lead I to think this. That, I think that the whole point of the piece basically was I knew I was gonna be in a space where a bunch of rich people were gonna be in and I was gonna do this thing where like I was gonna roll toilet paper all over the place and then like slowly And you did it did you, evening, and did you do it with your head? No, I did it with my okay, head. Okay, I just saw but, it like, over, yeah, yeah. Slowly throughout the evening, like everybody walking over it, yeah. everybody moving around. It just made the place look like a fucking filthy toilet, like 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 a fucking bathroom, and like, and it was like kind of gross, and like it made people feel uncomfortable, and it made people feel like less fancy, and yeah. like, and that was the whole point. Yeah. And like, I have to give props to Ben Haywood, who used to like. Yeah, Ben's be great. The director. I wish like, he was still there. I know, but he, I think he, he knew what he was doing when he asked me to do this and told me like yeah. specifically. This party is for rich people. It was almost like he's saying, like, do your worst. Take it down, um, yeah. <laughs> and so I thought I was doing something kind of like, you know, um, kind of like lighthearted and <laughs> and, and, and spritey. Yeah. And then, like, I heard the feedback throughout the evening, and it was like, people are pissed. And it was like. It was to the point where like there's a naked man on all fours pushing around toilet paper. And it wasn't even the paper. nakedness. I got no, to yeah, tell yeah, you, yeah, it was like which has to feel good. The disgustingness <laughs> of the whole thing. to be disgusted by. And something. I remember like seeing these women walking around with like super expensive high heel cho- mm-hmm. shoes and like having like toilet paper and like all their heels had toilet paper stuck to them. It was the best. Yeah, it was a thing of beauty. Uh, but yet again, um, if you have an opportunity, here we are at the end of the year and you want to make some cash disappear. Seriously, uh, look into donating to the soap factory. They do the Lord's work. Uh, not the, not that Lord, but, you know, yeah. the art Lord. Uh, I don't know. The art Lord, whatever yeah. that is. Hi, mate. Thank you very much for spending Aww. time with me today here at the 19. Thank you for inviting me. This was fun, and I knew it would be, and that's why I did it. Well, good. I'm glad that we still. I'm glad that we had fun, uh, and fun we will continue to have. Uh, it's beginning to fill in here, uh, and I'd like to thank you. I'd like to thank the 19 for not kicking us out or even <laughs> noticing that we were here. Honestly, I yeah, I knew that great. they wouldn't care. Yeah, I didn't think they would either. But you never know. All right, so let me give a quick shout out to our sponsors, uh, Stand Up Records. We like our comedy like we like our booze. Straight up and bitter. Check them out at StandUpRecords.com. <laughs> New records out there by Mary Mack, Maggie Ferris, Jim David, Corey Adam. And also, if you have a Roku device for your television, please 
uh, look up the Stand Up Records channel on there. Just go to the channel store and uh, look up comedy, and you'll see all the great stuff they have up there, including old episodes of Drinking with the Inn. Uh, one car service, driving smiles without extra miles. Call 612-545-5848 for a ride or look them up on Facebook. And always in the picture and always in good taste, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Add extra flair to those leisure time activities. Put original Pabst Blue Ribbon in the picture. People of good taste naturally go for its old-time beer flavor. Original Pabst brewed as it was when it won the Blue Ribbon in 1893. So next time, put yourself in the picture with original Pabst Blue Ribbon. And hey... Um, if you're in a band, you got a bar, you have any reason, you're, uh, you got a softball team, I don't care. I've got the deal of the year for you. Our friends at FGC Creative are going to get you the most out of your marketing budget. It is literally the deal of the year, and that year is now going to be 2016. The uh, FGC Creative will custom design a shirt with your logo and screen print it on the best shirts around. And here's the deal. Say you heard it on Dive Bar Mitzvah, and the shirts are only $5 each. Hot damn. What? I know, $5. It's a hell of a deal. So there are no design fees, no setup charges, and there's even free shipping. What the hell? Because this sounds like entrapment, practically. Like, could it be that good? It can. So visit them on Facebook or at fgccreative.com. Yet again, Jaime, thank you very much for spending your night with Thanks. me. Thanks. And now we're going to go to get drunk somewhere else <laughs> or continue to get drunk here. Because, girl, you'll be a woman soon. <laughs>